It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to the Franchise Academy. We are live and very exciting. So for those of you listening in on the podcast, FranchiseAcademy.com, today we have a special guest, an old friend of mine, Kevin Wilson, who is the chairman and CEO, president of Buzz Franchise Brands. So really interesting. When I first met Kevin, he was the founder and the president of Mosquito Joe, which is a mosquito repellent or mosquito, what, what would you call it, Kevin? Mosquito? Yeah, an outdoor pest control company that really focuses on, on taking care of mosquitoes for homeowners. There you go. <laughs> well said <laughs> by the guy who, uh, who runs it. But he sold that company and now is uh, running Pool Scouts, which is a pool cleaning franchise, Home Cleaning Heroes, which is a residential home cleaning concept, and the British Swim School, which is a swimming lesson franchise. He built the Mosquito Joe into 300 units before selling it to Neighborly in 2018. Well, well over 100 franchisees. I've placed people in that business over 250 locations in 22 states and just blasting off. So I wanted to have Kevin on today and pick his brain about how to do that. How do you build a brand and how do you make it readily available for franchise owners? And we have a lot of things to talk about. So Kevin, welcome. Thanks, Tom. Looking forward to being on the show. Yeah, this is really cool. So I, I remember, I think the last time I saw you was probably at the Javits Convention Center during the uh, Franchise Expo that is there once a year, usually in June. Yeah. And you guys are just blasting off. And like I said, I had placed people in the company. I looked at the company myself for my son, Anthony, but it was sold out already on Long Island. So I missed the boat on that. Yeah, it's, it, it's a great brand. I remember I remember the times when we were up Javits. Those were early days. We were just getting the name out and, and really letting people know what the what the franchise was about, what the service was about. There's a lot of education that had to take place about the service too. So you know, doing that as well as talking to them about the opportunity, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And, and I think that, you know, in, in a new concept like that, it it's not for the weak of heart in, in a way. And and so what I mean is that aside from doing the regular business, you have to educate people. And so I, I went through that kind of thing with, with franchises that I've owned myself. And, and it takes an extra, I don't know, extra skill set, I think, or, or you got to want to do that. But it's great because you're in a niche and, you know, a good niche could make you rich, but <laughs> as some people say. It could. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that that's the challenge. The challenge is, to, to evangelize a new brand, a new, a new segment that we were creating. We really, we, we, we would use that term when people came through training, we would say, you need to evangelize this. But one of the things we're going to do and the way we set up our system is we help people do that. So we had really dedicated marketing resources that we would use to help people get the word out, recruit the customers. We had a PR firm on retainer. We had a dedicated direct mail program. We had uh, digital. Uh, any way we could help and support the franchisee to get customers in to get them started, that was important. That We identified that as probably the biggest single challenge franchisees have is, is, is recruiting customers. You are preaching to the choir. Yeah. That is <laughs> kind of the biggest thing. Because for the most part, it, you know, franchise is a second career for most people. Mm -hmm. And for many people, 
it's, you know, you're a middle manager. I mean, I, I was a, a subway conductor before I got into franchising. I didn't know how to do marketing. And that's why I was right. buying the business it was really to help me figure out how to get customers. That's the bottom line. No customers, no business. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, we call it we call it the doom loop at, at Buzz Franchise Brands where you know people come through training, they're excited, they get their doors open, and then it's time, you know, where the rubber meets the road, you got to recruit customers. And you know, what we identified and and again, I'm not I'm not be I don't want to be critical of our industry, but you know, this was one area our industry in my opinion doesn't do a good job of is helping franchisees recruit customers. And so they get into this doom loop and, and franchisees open the door. They're, they're given guidance, which is spend a few thousand bucks, sprinkle a few things around and customers will come. And then all of a sudden that doesn't happen. Then they get nervous and they decide to cut expenses, which is what they can control. And then what they end up doing is they cut the thing they don't understand, which is marketing. And so they yeah. get into this doom loop where they're not spending money to recruit customers. They're not getting revenue. They're not getting cash flow. And then it's this cycle that really ends 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 badly for the franchisees and so you know we took the opposite approach we call it the success loop and uh, and the idea there is simply we're going to recruit a team of people internally set up what we can think of as almost an in-house agency and we're going to support you and we're going to help you market to recruit customers i um, love that so it, and it worked look it worked really well for us you know, you, you still have the franchisees that whether it works or doesn't, they just don't like spending money. But, you know, that's business. You got to spend money to make money. And, um, and uh, yeah, you know, marketing, especially in the home services business, you got to reach those homeowners. And so it works well for us. I mean, I, I, I want to reiterate with my own little story about that just to drive the point home. So because on, on this podcast, we have people that are looking to buy a franchise, but we also have franchise owners that listen in and I'm, I'm a pilot. And one thing that I realized as I was going through training, you know, for a private little plane is majority of your training is geared toward what to do when the engines fail. <laughs> so you can't pull off on the side of the road when you're on a plane in a plane. So right. it, it's, it, you know, that's, that's the training for the most 90% of it. And, you know, it, it's interesting because when the engines, if you can imagine the engines would shut down and then, you know, you start descending. So naturally what you want to do is pull back on the yoke on the steering wheel to pull the nose up. That is the opposite of what you want to do. Right. What, what you want to do is put the nose down full throttle and then get the wings, get the wind under the wings. Yep. And same thing in, in business. If you are slowing down, if the business is slowing down, the last thing you want to do is pull back. You got to double down exactly. <laughs> and market, market, yeah. market. Yeah, that's that's exactly we called that we called that early on just stepping on the accelerator. I mean, you know, and we had we had the concept of this was not only was each franchisee new and and growing, but our segment, our segment of outdoor pest control taking care of mosquitoes was an emerging segment. So we just had to we had to double down on everything. We spent a lot of money ourselves on behalf of franchisees to market for them because uh, we really believed in what we were doing. That is so true. And, and I felt that just as a franchise consultant, when I heard you guys talk for the first time about the concept, I was like, wow, I was, I was all in. I was so excited. But tell me, Kevin, what, what are you excited about right now in, in business? What's going on? So we've got, uh, you, you mentioned the early part of your show. We've got three, three brands, that, three companies that we're, I'm excited about, uh, Pool Scouts, Home Clean Heroes, and the, the most recent addition is the British Swim School. In reverse order, the British Swim School is, is, is our largest business now. It's got about 100 locations. 
started by a woman who had massive passion about teaching babies, young children to survive in the water. You know, her goal, the, you know, the tagline is survival of the littlest. And, uh, you know, when you meet Rita Goldberg, it was just, it was her passion that really drove us to uh, buy the company. There were things that they did very well. And then there were things that we really could help them with. And so those are the things we're helping them with now. Uh, that business is, is, is led by Greg Long now and his, uh, his team. And uh, really excited about the opportunity there. And then uh, Pool Scouts and led by Michael Wagner, uh, about 30 locations, still uh, early, early days, but uh, doing very well. You know, that the whole goal there is professionalized and unprofessional business. Yes. And uh, we've taken a lot of the same same chapters out of the playbook that we use for Mosquito Joe. And then our, our, our uh, newest brand is called Home Clean Heroes, which is our take on the residential cleaning sector. And so uh, you'll notice with Home Clean Heroes, we didn't use the word made in that business because uh, we really think that's a you know a, a bit of a tired old term uh, and we really think that the work these people are doing is really is a hero status and so we call them heroes so those are the three we're excited about yeah i love i love that and and yeah i know rita from um british swim schools and she is an exceptional lady and greg long is is a mentor of mine from way back when when i first started in consulting so um that's really we're, awesome. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. I mean, it's 100 locations. We think we can have 500 locations over the next probably three to five years. So, Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. So we're really, really excited about that. That is so cool, for sure. So how did you get into franchising? Because it's usually not a natural route for most people. How, how did you get here? You know, it's, it's not, and it's probably even less natural given, given where I was at the time. I was working for a, a large management consulting firm called Bain & Company. Most people know Bain from Mitt Romney running for president. That was the firm that he ran. But that was, uh, that was something where we worked with very large Fortune 500 companies. And I always had an entrepreneurial bug. Early in my life, through high school and into college, I was, I was always having businesses that I would do. Businesses to the home, shingling roofs, blacktopping driveways, painting. So I was always drawn to that. And uh, with a couple partners, we started our first business in uh, Dallas, Texas called Benny's Bagels. We uh, opened our location in Addison, Texas. And then uh, through various people got introduced to people that knew franchising well. And I'm a bit of a sponge for information. I like asking a lot of questions and uh, started learning about franchising from a guy named Joe Croce of uh, CC's Pizza. Yeah. And so Joe, Joe, uh, Joe helped us and uh, Ann Hurwitz, a lawyer with... I'm not sure where she is right now, but she was she's she's a she's a well-known franchise attorney. She helped us, and uh, and that was where I I got the I got I got the bug at that time. Yeah. That was in the that was in the mid '90s. Wow, long time it's ago. funny the kind of weave through franchising that everybody has, the people that you meet, and it's it's an amazing little world. It, it's it's you know it's it's a great it's a great industry with a lot of very supportive people who are willing to share information. You know, competitors share information all the time, and it's just really it's great. I've enjoyed it. You know, I, I left for a while. I came back. I've been a franchisor. I've been a franchisee of CC's Pizza, and then I've been an investor in a number of franchise companies. But what I, what I really enjoy the most is what I'm doing right now, which is, which is operating uh, a business that has franchise brands in them. So yeah, love being part of the industry. It's so great. Franchising, you know, has changed my life and the, the ripple effect that it has kind of the butterfly wing effect. They, some people call it is, is just amazing in franchising. Yeah. So well, I mean, we love it. I mean, I mean, look at the stuff you do as well. I mean, we have a 
our mission as a company is to enable people to realize their dreams. I mean, I think you guys do exactly the same thing. I mean, you, you find, you, you understand who your candidates are and then you try to match them up with what is going to be a great opportunity for them. And when they're successful, that has to be really satisfying for you guys. Yeah, it it is extremely satisfying. You know, like you were talking about the folks that we put in Boston and Mosquito Joe, they yeah. bought one unit and then they came back and they bought more units because it was so great. It was going yeah. well. Yep. Kathy Smargels. I remember that. The great, yeah. great, great, great couple. Yeah, great couple. And Eric, yep. So Eric. You know, and they're expanding tremendously. And, you know, I recently put another couple in the business in Delaware. And it's really an amazing thing because the, the gentleman actually's parents owned a Molly Made franchise for like 24 years. And then he came to me, he and his wife, and they were, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And it really took, they looked at a lot of franchises. It took them like a year. And then they settled on Mosquito Joe after i don't know how 30 franchises yeah i love i love hearing stories like that it's great <laughs> yeah Thanks. yeah just absolutely amazing it's 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 just a wonderful feeling and, and like even in my franchise i mean couples have met and got married in my business i mean it was like just that kind of ripple effect is things that you don't even really think about as you're buying a business that that kind of positive effect that you have yeah, we, we. I mean, we see that with our we, with our annual conventions that we do. We, you know, for the last few years, we've been holding them down in Cancun. Yeah. Uh, last one, we had we had three hundred plus people out there, and they, you know, the franchisees from all parts of the country, they've started. I mean, they're close personal friends now. They vacation together. They 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 have so much in common, and so yep. it's really fun. It's really fun to see that. Really rewarding. Yeah, yeah. I'm friends with people that I was in a franchise with twenty years ago. Still, we're friends. Uh, it's a little bit easier with Facebook to stay connected, but still, we we do talk every once in a while, and it's a wonderful thing. And and I was actually trying to get to Cancun and speak at your convention at one point. I got close, but I didn't make the cut. So maybe, maybe <laughs> next year. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I have no influence now, but I, I think there might be some other opportunities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Tell us about your worst entrepreneurial nightmare or mistake that you made where you actually came out learning something? Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess it's probably with Benny's Bagels. I mean, I think when we started that business, we were undercapitalized. And so, mm. you know, as, as, as a lot of franchisors are that start, you know, they're, it, they're, they're on a shoestring budget. They're sometimes using franchise fees to pay mm -hmm. salaries, other things. And so, you know, I think, that as just as, as a, as a, as a broad area was probably a mistake that we made. I mean, I think our, our primary focus was try to retain as much of the equity as we can, as opposed to get the money required to run the business so you can scale it to a much larger business. And that's something I've corrected later in my life, but certainly there, <laughs> it forces you to be creative, but it's tough sometimes when you want to make decisions and you want to do certain things and you want to get resources, you want to hire certain people and you can't afford them. And so yeah. that was a big mistake. And that, then I also think we, you know, some of the mistakes we made, I think we always make mistakes on franchise recruitment mm -hmm. and you try to minimize those because you try to, you give the person the benefit of the doubt that you think that they will, they will do well. And then there's something you missed and that's tough. You know, that's really tough. And, and we had a few, we had several of those that, that were misses early on. And it's just tough to go through. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you never know because, you know, like my personality profile, if, you know, I took a disc test and like the last thing I should do is be a business owner, um, <laughs> but, but I'm really successful at it because I have a drive and I have a wanting and a yearning to do it. It's yeah. hard to measure those things on a test. I, to I totally agree. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you know, you, you spend a lot of time with the candidates. We spend a, a time with them, but it's not, it's not enough time to really, really understand all their strengths and weaknesses and make a full assessment. So you use, use some disk profiles or tools like that to help you. You try to get them in front of as many people as you can when they come in for a decision day and you, you have everybody focus on different things. And then you try to try to come together and make a decision. Hopefully it's yeah. the best one and you make fewer and fewer, but yeah, make, make quite a few of those mistakes early in my career. Yeah. And, and you, you know, as long as you're learning from them, yeah, absolutely. Really good thing. So as far as success goes, do you have any hacks or something that you could share with people that has made you successful over your career? Sort of, I did so sort of what, what are the, uh, the, the common you know, things that I, that I think are important to, you know, my success, you know, I think Absolutely. the first, the first one I think would be, you know, it starts with, I think really having a good plan. So when I worked at Bain and company, Bain & Company was all about developing good plans for companies and then really anal analyzing data. I think a good plan that's that's realistic allows you to do a couple of things. One, it allows you to raise money for the plan and allows you to recruit people for the plan. And if, mm. you, can if you can recruit good people to execute a good plan and you've got the money to do it, you're really going to be well ahead of where everybody else would be. So I think those are some of the things we, we do. And then you got to work hard. I mean, you know, that, that seems simple, right? Work hard, but work hard is, is hard. And, um, a lot of people don't want to put the work in, you know, when I was, when I worked at Bain, I was, I was privileged to work with a lot of really, really smart people, but the ones that, the ones that washed out were the ones that didn't work hard. They were super smart, but they, they just weren't willing to work hard. And so yeah. having that combination I think is really important. So. Yeah, I think that's common really in any industry and in, in any profession, you know, if you're not, you know, doing the laps, if you're not doing the practice, you know, it's, it reminds me of uh, George Foreman, the boxer who said people, uh, boxers are, they never win in the ring, but they're merely recognized there. Right. So it's that hard work before that nobody really sees and you late at night, <laughs> whatever it is you're doing, it's, it's, that's the tough part. That, that's exactly right. It's all, it's, it's all the, it's all the practice that goes into, it's all the hard work that goes into, you know, whether it's the game, it's the winning shot that you make in basketball or golf or something. Uh, yeah. People don't see all the, all the work that goes in. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Yeah, it really comes back to what we just talked about, which is, you know, one, putting the people first. I think, you know, we've at Buzz, what we've tried to do is create a real culture of support, uh, a culture of winning and uh, a place where people feel they can get professional development and like coming every Monday when they wake up, you know, they're not coming to work. They're coming to a place to see some peers and really help people try to succeed. And so I think that's what we've tried to do. And so we, you know, we put our people first. I think that was a piece of advice given to me by by one of my mentors. And then the other one is just, you know, we're a very, very analytically driven company. And so we, we really look at the data. And I think there's always times where you, you can make decisions based on your gut. We certainly like making decisions based on using data. And, you know, the, there's always a role there for the gut. 
but you got to have the data. And most people, it's the opposite. I mean, the weighting is usually done 89% on the gut and 10% on the, on the, on the data. You know, I would say we're probably flipped on that. Wow. And that's great. So, you know, you have the track record, you have the numbers to, to get the data. Yeah. And you can make really good decisions. So if from your perspective, if somebody's looking for a franchise, what, what's really some important things that they should be looking for in, in a really good franchisor? Yeah, I think I think it starts with I think it starts first with the fit. I think that's where companies, you know, people like you, Tom, and others help them figure that part out. Is is this business going to be a good fit with what your strengths are? Because we like playing to people's strengths. And so, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, you know, if, if you like working in a cubicle inside and not managing people, okay, well, there's a, there's a, there's something there for you. But uh, if you're an extrovert, you want to be outside, you like managing people, you like selling, then you might lead, go in a different direction. So I think right. you, you need to figure out the fit. I think the second thing you need to do is then you got to look at the team that's running the franchise. Do they have a track record? Are they people you trust, people you can work with? You should do your diligence by calling up. If they have franchisees, call those existing franchisees. Call as many as you... I mean, all the numbers are in the back of the FDD. Call them all. Uh, you're, allowed, you're allowed to do that. But the more people you can talk to, the more questions you can ask, I think, the better. And so we certainly encourage people to do that. And then once you make the decision, jump in. Yeah, Just ju- jump in with both feet and say, and just never give up and tell yourself you're going to make this work. And if you partner with the right people, they're going to they're going to work on making you successful, too. So just don't give up and and know. And, and I guess the last thing is also be realistic that it takes time. I mean, you know, you on one hand, you want to be impatient. You want to work hard, but set realistic goals for yourself. So if 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 you set a goal for yourself of making money in the first month and the average break even takes a year or two years, don't set that goal for yourself, man. You're just going to get yourself disappointed, right? So, right. so just just set realistic goals, set a time frame, come back to that plan that you developed, and then just measure yourself against that plan. Yeah, I love that. Some great advice. Really, really good. And stuff to take to the bank on that if you're listening and, and wanting to buy a franchise. That's awesome information. And, you know, calling franchisees is the most important thing, in my opinion, and I have a sheet of 39 questions to ask franchise owners as you're doing your due diligence. So if anybody's listening and wants that, just email me at Tom at the franchise and I'll send you a copy of that. I think it'll help. You've been doing this for 14 years. So we've got those questions honed down pretty well. <laughs> so as far as continuing education, are there any books that you've read recently or any kind of computer hacks that you, you could share with people yeah. that might be helpful? Yeah. I mean, I, I reading something I do, I started actually doing more listening, listening podcasts. Uh, it's a different, different podcast that I follow as well, but on the awesome. book side, I would say there's one that I always come back to and it's, it's an old book. Okay. So it's, it's old, but it's thin. So I like it. I can get through it. It's called the effective executive huh. and it's written by a guy named uh, Peter Drucker. Everybody knows Peter Drucker. I mean, but it, it's, it's, it's just about how you, all we have is time and how you spend your time. And so i the first time I read it, it really helped me go back and, and look at how I spent my time in the previous day, the previous week and the previous month. And it really helped me change and alter some of my behaviors. So that was a good book. And then the other one I, I uh, most recently read is called the outsiders. And that's, that's more of a book for for people that might already own businesses, whether they're thinking of selling or they're thinking of buying, I think this book really helps you think about 
when is the right time to do either or. So yeah. it's, it's an interesting read, but I, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's very cool. Podcast wise, I mean, aside from the Franchise Academy, what, what podcasts are you, are you listening to these yeah. days? So I like uh, Joe Rogan. I like listening to some of he, he's a uh, he's, he's a character smart guy. I like listening to him. Uh, Jordan Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson has some great you know great messages that he's delivering in my opinion right now. And I think he's just uh, you know the the stuff that he he thinks about and how he thinks about it is really is really fun to listen to. So those would be those would be a few anyways I listen to. Yeah, very cool. What's one myth about franchising that you would like to bust right here on this show right now? You know, there's at least a, a couple come to mind when I think about it. The first is when people think of franchise, they think of restaurants. You know, it's usually the first thing, right? And, and I get that because there's a McDonald's in every corner and they see, they see all, the, all the different Wendy's, everything. You know, right. there are a lot of great franchise concepts out there that are lower cost entry than a, a large brick and mortar uh, place like a McDonald's. The customers tend to be stickier, uh, so higher retention rates. And so services like we, we're in, I think is, is, a, is a great business to be in. Uh, somebody told me the other day when they looked at our businesses, they said, you know, these businesses seem to be Amazon proof. And I really liked that. I hadn't heard that before. But we certainly, we certainly like them. As, you know, so if you people don't want to do retail, they don't want to do restaurants. We think the services business is a great business, great franchise opportunity. And then the other, the other, the other myth is, you know, when we had, when we had, when we owned Mosquito Joe, a lot of people, their initial, I know for guys like, uh, like you, Tom, and others, when they, when you would initially introduce it to the to candidates and they would say, mosquitoes, Joe, why, why do I want to be in a mosquito pest control business? That's like this dirty, dirty business. And the reality is it's not a dirty business the way it's set up. It's, it's just truly a business where you're reaching, you, you know, you're reaching customers. Half of the franchise, you know, almost half of the franchisees were women. A number of them were stay-at-home moms. And we're seeing the same thing in pool scouts right now, you know? And certainly in uh, the British swim school, I mean, a lot of women are getting into franchising. And so I guess at a high level, that would be the one myth that, uh, you know, for if, if there was a myth where people think, well, franchising or business, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of men. You know, that's not what we're experiencing. We're experiencing a lot more, a lot more women getting into business and it's, and it's working really well. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I just interviewed somebody who uh, did an in-depth study with a, a finance company, actually, and found that one big surprise is that a majority of people buying franchises right now are uh, women. And more than that, in any industry of business owners across the board, African-American women are more likely to own a business than someone who's not African-American. Interesting. And um, yeah, right. and they got stats on that. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. That was with uh, David Nielsen and, and uh, Guidant Financial had a, has this whole report going on right now. It's amazing. Right. Amazing. Well, this is great. Uh, Kevin, how could people reach you? You have so many good things to talk about, so many good businesses to get into here. Uh, email is kwilson at buzzfranchisebrands.com, or you can go to my uh, LinkedIn profile and just Google or LinkedIn Kevin Wilson and, uh, and Buzz Franchise Brands. But I'd love to, love to talk to any of your uh, listeners. Yeah, and we'll, um, and we'll, of course, we'll put all that on, on the website, thefranchiseacademy.com. 
And, you know, we're out here trying to help people find the right businesses. These are some solid businesses that Buzz Brands has now. And when I look at what Kevin has done with Mosquito Joe, I'm very confident that these other three companies and probably more coming on board with you, I bet, are just going to be more rocket ships like Mosquito Joe was. I appreciate that. That's what we're hoping. And we're working hard to make it happen. Absolutely. So when when we get to more higher levels with your businesses and, and you bring on more, we'll have you back on. That sounds great, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kevin. Great talking with you. Great seeing you again. And uh, let's stay in touch. We'll talk more. Sounds good. Take care, Tom. Good night. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.